Ladies and gentlemen, good morning and welcome to Radio Law Talk right here on your favorite radio station and on RadioLawTalk.com. Normally we would, of course, play the open, but naturally right now, because it's a new year, Windows has decreed that we shall not. So in the, in the meantime, for all of you new stations on the line, we normally have a very nicely produced open that we run and sounds really terrific. But at the moment... Uh, I will sing... Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait a second, wait a second. There we go. That's close enough. Good enough. That doesn't matter. Play anything. I don't care. This is Fred Penny, your host of Radio Law Talk. That is our producer, Cal Hunter. That is all calm and collected for the hour before, and then it's always like 10 seconds before. Uh, something's going wrong. There we go. There we go. There and, you go. And now, RadioLawTalk.com. Yeah. And here is your host, ladies and gentlemen, for Radio Law Talk. You know him, you love him, you cannot live without him. Mm-hmm. Let's hear it for mm-hmm. Mr. Frederick Penny. Go I ahead. thought you were going to talk about Denise. She was explaining Denise, wasn't he, Todd? But, uh, you know, sounded like it to me. That's what I thought. I was like, well, I better just relax. She, she, she's over there with just, you know, the grin on her face like the cat that just ate the mouse. It's like, what? Ooh, me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm Fred Penny, your host. Todd Cunins, my co-host with Denise Dirks, the threesome here. We are a crazy bunch. We're the three musketeers. And then we have behind the glass, we have Cal Hunter, our producer, Three-time Emmy Award nominee, but never a winner, and we love having him behind the board to scare us every week I and know. saying, so, I don't know if it's going to run this always week. Always an adventure. It is an adventure, yeah. but you know what? This is uh, Hey, welcome to this, the 28th of December, 2019. This is our last uh, show before the end of the year, and to, uh, you know we're going to ring in 2020. There's a lot of fun stuff we're going to talk about this time. I had someone discuss with me saying, why don't you talk about the impeachment hearings? I looked at them and just said... We don't do that. We're just we're tired of hearing about all this. This is a politically neutral radio law talk. We talk about political things, but we stay neutral. Denise and Todd and I will will lay out all sides of it and and, and argue. But uh, but there's some fun things we talk about. And, and as far as the impeachment, if you could if you could find something that hasn't been already spoken of somewhere on somewhere else in the week previous, ten thousand times by the way. Yeah, well, even once, if you could find something. I'd be willing to entertain it, but let's face it, it's all been just hashed, hashed, beaten. So we're going to have case or no case, which is, uh, those of you who don't know, that's the funnest thing that everybody enjoys. Uh, It's where our uh, illustrious producer, Cal Hunter, is going to try to trick us in uh, determining whether or not the scenario is a case when he tells it to us. And if it is a case, what the outcome is. We're going to talk about a compulsive Gambler suing Caesars. <laughs> this is interesting, and and the theories are interesting, and I've got a few comments on that. Uh, we're also going to talk about whether or not you can prosecute Santa and the Grinch, and what type of crimes they have. Basically, what occurred this past week uh, with Santa and the Grinch. We're going to talk about Christmas lawsuits. We, we love to talk about the Christmas holiday and Christmas lawsuits. People being served the day before Christmas or Christmas Eve. There's some interesting ones like that. Isn't that like someone of, of, in Denise's particular line of work giving their loved one divorce papers on Valentine's Day? Yeah. Because the most common, um, most popular engagement ring sales time, believe it or not, is the two weeks before Christmas. Really? Yes. It's the, it's when the most engagement rings are sold. I only knew this because I do marketing research all the time, you know, but, but that's the big time. And I'm thinking... Is it frequent for people to break up on Lover's Day, Denise? Yes. Yeah, isn't that funny? Absolutely. In fact, a lot of people think it's good luck if they have their final 
you know, hearing on Valentine's Day. Oh boy. <laughs> I, I would I would be curious to know, not not the day that divorces are granted, but I would be curious to know which day the date of separation is the most prevalent. That would be, you know, in, in you take all the court filings uh, and you look at when is the date of separation? What is the most prevalent day? I think of I know the that. Denise, do you I know think the it's probably December thirty first. A lot exactly of people right. pick that day. Or the first after the New Year, because they don't want to mess yeah. up the families around. They don't want to bring it up. Right. But I've heard it's like January second, third, fourth, fifth. You know, something right after the holidays. Yeah. Because you know you're with family. Everything is that how he? That's what happened to you. That that's was that that was what was with us. I mean, we, we, the decision was. Um, we, we knew that's where it was going, but wanted to get through the holidays and we'll deal with this after the holidays. So, yeah. And then the cats went with you and yes, and that's what happened. Well, they stayed with me, but <laughs> regardless <laughs> that, that just changes the dynamic moving on case or no cases. That, yeah, that's let's, weird. Case no, or no <laughs> case. Let's get out of this. Oh. Go ahead, Cal. If you have something, I'll, for I'll see if I can bail Todd out. Here we go. Now it's time to play case or no case. Yay! All right. All right, a man goes to a holiday pageant dressed up as a reindeer, but he had to walk in the snow because his 1982 Chevy would not start up, you know, frozen battery again. This is up in the greater Midwest area. He's dressed for a reindeer, and as he walks across an open field from his house to the grade school, a bow hunter sees him, gets down, pulls out his bow and arrow, and thwack, lets one fly, and gets the reindeer. Now the guy with the bow says, "What do you want from me? It's deer season." Why did he hit him? Well, I got him in the thigh. Apparently, okay. it was a non-life-threatening injury. <laughs> and so, so I asked. He's a you, bad bow hunter for the yeah. first. <laughs> that one's on two legs, not four. So I'll hit it in the thigh. Yes, but he looked like a deer to me. So I'm going to ask you, Mr. Penny. We'll oh. start with you today. What say you? Would that be a case hmm. or no case? And if so, what do you think the outcome might be? The first question is: Was it uh, deer season? I'm going to assume yes. Yes. Was it bow season? I'm going to assume yes. Yes. <clears throat> assume yes. And he was near in a field near the school. I wonder if it was legal to hunt in that area due to the fact that it was close to a school. Uh, answer: We do not know. We don't know. And the other, th- these are just my scenarios. The other thing was he negligent. It was about a duty breach. You know, was, was he negligent in not, you know, looking to see what 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 he was shooting at as is the hunter? Uh, it was in the evening, you said, Cal, or was it in the yeah, day? Yeah, so I mean, he was walking toward the school pageant, uh-huh. which was in the early evening, 6:30 at night. You know, it's... okay, you're not supposed to be hunting at 6:30 at night, so therefore he's already made a mistake. So uh, that's not allowed. You have to hunt only during the day. And there's certain time periods, I believe, uh, once dusk hits, you're not allowed well, to Well, he hunt. was within legal sunset. have not yet been legal okay. sunset. Right. That much we know. So the answer is um, that is uh, a scenario but not a case. Hmm. Okay. Mr. Cunin, dealers left to you. What say you, case or no case? What year was this? Uh, I don't know. Okay. So this is what I will say. <clears throat> I believe deer season... The way deer season normally works is bow hunters get the first crack at it, and then you know the bow hunters and powder, then then the rifles. I believe that's the way, and it all starts earlier in the year, not in December. So I'm gonna say this was outside of deer season. Cal's making it up. No case. Hmm. Okay, Ms. Dirks, what say you? In do, you this? do you know what state this was in? Minnesota. 
Minnesota. Yeah. Oh, Minnesota. So, so you in this rather intriguing. Hey, we are in Minnesota. Yes, we are. And anybody in Minnesota that wants to clue they, into they would this, know. Yes, yeah. be, make sure you do so. And, we, and we're probably going to get to the answer after the break and after Denise goes. But get in with us. Use the hashtag case or no case on Twitter. Well, here's the thing you can call it 855 Law Radio and comment in or uh, Twitter. Go to Twitter, Radio Law Talk. But here's the thing, Denise, before they get to you. I think, why don't the family member of the guy that was shot just call in? I'd or like, how about the guy that was shot call in? Or the shooter. Either the shooter or the, or shooter, the shootee. Shoot. Would love to hear from either one of those. Yeah. Are you sure it wasn't Dick Cheney? <laughs> pretty sure he used a shotgun. No, that's so a shotgun. Sure. Come on. <laughs> Different guy, but... Maybe his okay. son. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say it's a case, and the man who was injured wins. Well, that, that is a... That's, yeah, I would say if it's, if it's a up. case, I yeah, would say the guy who got Yeah, because last week we got a straight up one. I don't, uh, I don't know. All right, Cal, look, take us out of this mess. Okay, I, I would normally give you the answer, but I've decided I'm not going to because I want to wait until after the break and tell you the fascinating conclusion to this wonderful case or no case. And he was dressed as a reindeer. Well, he was in the he was in the pageant, so we had you know yeah. we had to go do that. Does deer season include <laughs> reindeer? And not just that, a two-legged reindeer, not the four-legged. That's the thing that's the idiot. That's we'll, what threw we'll me. We'll be right back. Hold on. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. Not all law firms have extensive experience in all areas of the law. It's wise to look for firms that have knowledge and understanding in your particular area of concern. So go to ProLawFirms.com. They have listings of attorneys in key areas of practice, such as family law, estate planning, personal injury, bankruptcy, and so forth. When you're looking for a lawyer that has extensive experience in your particular area of need, go to ProLawFirms.com. That's ProLawFirms.com. ProLawFirms.com is not a law firm and does not endorse or recommend any specific law firm. The cost of getting rid of garbage is high, and recycling products is lucrative. If you're a business or know of a business that needs an individual compactor or baler, call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. If you already have an industrial compactor, baler, or shredder and need service, don't forget to call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. Northwest Compacting, your full-service industrial compacting and baling company. Read more about them at northwestcompacting.com. I've got to get my car washed. This dirt, it just won't do. But I don't have no time today. I don't know what I do. And I know this place right down the road. Quick, quack, car wash. Hop inside, let's take a ride and watch this cat and shine. Just come and see, I guarantee your ride will steal the show. Come on, quick, quack, car wash. Don't drive that dirty car. Uh-huh. Quick, quack, car wash. They'll have you looking sharp. Many women have so many clothes in the closet, but then we go to get dressed and find we have nothing to wear. Ah! We've all been there. We all want to be comfortable and fashionable at the same time, and it's difficult to find clothing that makes that task effortless. But at Letty and Company, you can find trendy, comfortable clothing that is affordable, things you'll want to wear every day. Shop with a purpose online with free shipping. Just go to lettyandcompany.com. LettyandCompany.com. Chris, can you put the video game controller down for a second? I can talk and play. Oh, I'm totally annihilating this punk kid in Nebraska. I just feel like you're not acting like a grown-up in our relationship. M2, M2! Well, you know, you still ride your skateboard to work, there's the comic book collection, the race car bed. Look, I'm young at heart. 
but I put money to my 401k every paycheck. I picked up a few savings tips at feedthepig.org. I have control of my financial life now, and that feels pretty grown up. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. Putting some money from every paycheck into a savings account or contributing to your 401k can make a big difference later. For free ideas and easy tips on ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. So, I bet I look like a grown-up to you now. Well, except for the footy pajamas, I'd have to agree. This message brought to you by the... Eva Marie smoked 12,000 packs of cigarettes over 15 years. She quit, and now there's a new lung cancer screening that could save her life. You stopped smoking. Now start screening. No matter how much you smoked, early detection could save you. Talk to your doctor or learn more at savedbythescan.org. When you were a little kid and you thought about what you wanted to be, teaching was at the top of your list. But things changed. And as you got older, teaching didn't seem like the best option anymore. So you're thinking you'll be something else. But what would your 12-year-old self say? Now you want to be a doctor. You don't think teachers save lives? 25 at a time. An actress? Try playing a different role every time the bell rings. How about a scientist? Ever heard of physics? Chemistry? Who do you think teaches that? Teachers today are breaking down obstacles, finding innovative ways to instill old lessons, and taking learning far beyond the four walls of the classroom. It's time to recognize that great things are happening in teaching and put it back on your list. Don't try to convince yourself otherwise. You had it right the first time. Find out how you can make more at teach.org. Make more. Teach. Brought to you by Teach and the Ad Council. You're listening to Radio Law Talk. And now back to the show. Radio Law Talk and Radio Law Talk. All advertising for legal services. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you have my mic up there, Cal? I guess you do. Hey, you know what? We're talking about a case or no case. We're talking about a holiday party, probably a Christmas party, where a guy was dressed up as a reindeer in Minnesota, and what happens is he uh, his car breaks down. By the way, it's a 1982 Chevy. That's what he added that was important. Uh, and he had to walk through the field to get to the school, and lo and behold, the bow hunter shot him in the thigh. Well, the battery froze up on the car. What could he do? I believe that. <laughs> and I and myself and my colleague, uh, Todd Cutin, the uh, formerly a prosecutor for the DA's office, now his own criminal law practice, said it was a scenario but not a case, or just basically it's not a case. Denise went all out and said, this is so simple, and she went with the simple thing, which is case and the guy who shoots the individual does not get prosecuted. The shoot he oh, wins, shoot. wins the money. Oh, he's got to you got to put her around. Yeah, the shoot he wins the money, correct? Mm-hmm. Denise, is that what you said? Yeah. Denise has got to turn her mic on. Okay. It's on. on. Oh. Yeah. Uh, no, what I said was the plaintiff, the guy that got shot, wins. That's what I meant. The shoot he, not the shooter. Oh, okay. yes. Yeah, the shoot he. Yeah. The guy with no. the thing in his thigh. 
Yes. Right, right. Cal, the, tell us the, what happened. For those of you who say this <laughs> is, is a case, may I see by the show of hands, that would be Denise Dirks. And Denise, all I can say is... Oh, oh my gosh. It was so simple, it couldn't be true. Oh, man, that's a case. Yeah, an actual story. And the fellow who got shot prevailed. And the fellow who did the shooting not what? only had criminal charges filed against him, uh, for uh, what I call it, reckless discharge or whatever, and also lost a civil case. He had to be drunk, Cal. There's no way that guy's going to be shooting a guy standing there with a reindeer. Let me put it to you this way. A bow hunter in Minnesota drinking? Oh, come on, Fred. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that there is an RV. How likely is that? Oh, and man. And that, friends, is... Okay, good job. So it does happen. Uh, that sounded you know, like something could happen. It was just too easy. But So uh, I guess the moral of the story is, Cal... Number one, don't drive an 82 Chevy. Number two, don't dress in a reindeer costume and walk across the uh, frozen tundra to the school. Right, and my question is, did he have on a red nose? This would have been a dead giveaway to a hunter. Maybe it's the, I don't know. And number three, (laughs) take the antlers off when you're walking across the field. All good advice to folks. Next (laughs) hour, I take you to Pocatello, Idaho, and the Ice Queen Contest. Ice Queen. Nice. That's next hour on Case or No Case. Well, we're talking about getting shot in the thigh or the derriere area. Let's talk about Caesars being sued by a compulsive gambler. That kind of fits right in, doesn't it? Yeah, you'd think. So in Canada, this one's not United States, in Canada, Ontario, Canada, there's an individual that apparently has been kicked out of a number of casinos in the area because of apparently a temper or has some issues. And uh, this one casino, the Caesars, he was not kicked out of. And he he loses 260000 over two days, um, two different times that he shows up. And he blames the casino for having should have known or known that he was a compulsive gambler and not allowed him to gamble. And uh, he goes in goes on to say that a couple of the arguments are, number one, I had been kicked out of multiple places. They should have known that, that I was this type of a person and shouldn't have been able to come into their casino. And now he's arguing, you should have kicked me out, where people always argue, you can't kick me out. He's the opposite. Do bars kick known alcoholics out? That, that was no, my thought, Cal. No, they don't, but they may refuse to serve him after a certain point. They limit him after they reach a certain point. Right, which is also part of his argument, was that once he started to lose big and they saw that he had been drinking... They should have um, limited his play. Instead well, of saying we got a whale on board, let's let's milk. Well, it. Not, well not, not only that, the issue also you have milk. The, the also issue is they, according to him, they continued to feed him or give him alcohol. Yes. And gave him free food, picked him up with a taxi, took him back back and forth to home, and treated him that way. Well, By that, the way, um, I just want to finish my point. I believe it's Caesars that does have their own private jet that picks people up. Certain high rollers, isn't that true? Exactly. I mean, you got to understand that casinos. For those of you that have never been to a casino, and for those of you like me that have been to a casino but have never been treated like the high roller, if you are somebody that comes in with a ton of money, they treat you like royalty because they know if they can get your behind seated at a table. The money that is in your account is going to end up in their account sooner or later. Todd, there's a reason those casinos are beautiful. Yes. They're winning. Exactly. I, you know, they, 
this isn't fair. You're you're in a system where the it's set up for the house to win, and when somebody comes in with a lot of money, they want that money to be theirs, and they will treat you. Look, it's nothing for them to buy you a fifty dollar steak. If by buying you that steak and the drink that goes with it and the nice meal, they end up with a quarter million dollars at the end. That's a pretty darn good investment. Well, here's the thing. He's not just suing the casino. He's also suing the Ontario Lottery and Gaming Department, (laughs) saying that they regulate this and they should make sure that they don't come in and lose. Why don't they just make sure that, that nobody loses money? Yeah, that's yeah. their job, right? No, no, no kidding. And the, and then the casinos would all go out of business, and then everybody would hate this guy, because he was the one that led to the casinos all going away. Well, the good thing about this is his lawsuit ended up in a complete and total ban for him of all the casinos now, because he's done this lawsuit. They have all banned him. Well, he's good. not allowed in any casino. He's getting what he wants. No, right? he, because right. he's got no money left. And is, he's, is, come on. Is, isn't what he originally <laughs> says is they should not have allowed me in because I have a gambling problem? Well, now he's got what he wants. They they all know about yeah. him. He's not there. To, to answer the question about why this is a little different than uh, a bar serving an alcoholic, the chief difference, as I see it, is... In the alcohol bar situation, the protection is for the public in general. You get behind the wheel of the car. It's not just you that becomes a victim. It's other people as well. And you also could lose your life. I don't know that losing money is inherently a life-losing situation. certainly doesn't pose a danger to the public if you right. leave broke. And so That's where I see the difference. Mm, but I guess we could sue the car dealers when I go in there. I, they, yeah. ju- they just... They get me in. They give me food. They take care of me. They're they're nice to me. They should know I'm a cult, compulsive car buyer. What about these people that go to spas and day trips? Or Costco. And all that? Yeah. Costco. All right. <laughs> yeah. I'm addicted to Costco. Hi. <laughs> Don't turn the dial. We're gonna be back. We're gonna talk a little more. We're gonna talk about Christmas wars. A little bit. All going advertising on for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Warning, don't let your business get left behind in what is likely to be the biggest economic boom in recent history. If you need to build for your business to grow, call General Steel today for a pre-engineered steel building designed for your needs. No wasted space. Steel prices are expected to rise, but you can still lock in your price on a General Steel building. And you can still save as much as half the cost and time of conventional construction. As much as half. But you must call now. If you need a church building, office, warehouse, manufacturing space, retail space, or more. Call General Steel today. You can still get the General's 50-year structural warranty and General Steel quality, all at a price you can afford. So don't let rising steel prices put your project out of reach and stop you from making your company great. 800-617-9312. 800-617-9312. That's 800-617-9312. If you're trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. 
I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO, private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 800-296-1252. Hi, my name is Liz. Is this real life? Radio Law Talk. Now back to the show. Uh, yeah, it is real life, and we're going to talk about real life now, about the Grinch that stole Christmas and Santa and some of the things that, uh, some of the laws that were broken uh, during this past holiday this past week. Uh, we can start out with Santa. Now, those of you guys who are thinking about Santa, it's 855-LAW-RADIO. If you can think of any type of criminal activity or tortious act that Santa did during the Christmas holiday, um... I can think of a few that Gr- the Grinch have, has done. In fact, uh, an attorney out of Las Vegas did a, a fun uh, a spiff on it uh, uh, during a uh, Channel 3 news in Las Vegas. But you know, th- he's saying nothing that everybody else doesn't already know that we've already talked about. We talked about this before. This is not the first time. Uh, in fact, you can go back to www.radiolawtalk.com to our to the podcast. podcast. Yes. You can search uh, Christmas and you'll see... Uh, us talking about this before, but what, the first thing is trespass, don't you think? Santa's clearly trespassing. I mean, think of all the homes he just shows up on. But I guess the defense is David. He it's it's implicit that he's invited in. Correct? Yeah, implied consent. Folks are there. They want to do that. Now, then the only problem here is that sometimes if the consent is from the kids by way of a letter to Santa. The homeowner can make the argument that the minor did not have consent to allow the adult to come to the house. And if there was any damage to the roof or to the chimney upon gaining entry, that could could be beyond the purview. But I think it starts even earlier than that. I think it starts with the stalking behavior when Santa's trying to find out who's naughty and nice. You know, that could be harassing and stalking and... You know, keeping somebody under surveillance, which is could be a crime. Privacy issues. Privacy issues, keeping them under surveillance. And to the extent, look, there are some people that want to have the government regulate anything. Well, if Santa was a governmentally regulated agency, you'd have the denial of due process by making it onto the naughty list versus, versus the nice list. No way to challenge that. Okay, That's so you have that. Obviously, the surveillance issues all violate the Fourth Amendment. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I doubt Santa went and got a, a a warrant. Certainly didn't go to the FISA court to get a warrant. Right. You know, and so there's a bunch of issues there. I think one of the biggest issues is uh, overtime work for the elves, and I think, and also the reindeer. But I think it's going to come down to whether or not he's violating a number of employment issues. Uh, or whether or not the elves or the reindeer can be considered independent contractors, you know, under state um, and federal law. Perhaps. What about what about Rudolph, uh, his disability, making him work and exploiting his disability? There's that and the sanctioning 
that, you know, Santa's apparent approval of workplace harassment against Rudolph for the entire year. And then and only then does he cut him a break because the weather was bad at night. And so, you know, if Santa has been sanctioning this workplace harassment, he could face a lot of time there. And I, I wonder, we talked about overtime, what, to what extent has Santa impeded the elves' ability to collectively bargain? I mean, they, they may want probably to Probably not a union. union. Yeah. Probably not union. I think they're not. But I think you brought up another NAFTA issue. Exactly. You? What's the NAFTA issue? Well, the importation of goods from the North Pole down to the United States. It, look, that gets you through the United States because they renegotiated the NAFTA deal. But Santa is a worldwide entity. I, I'm sure that some countries may want to put a tariff on the importation of goods into their country. Uh, the Chinese might have a problem with that. And anywhere else, Santa doesn't just go to North America. And just think about how many states are upset at Santa because he's not paying the state law tax mm-hmm. for different things that are being imported and even exported from the different states. What country is the North Pole in? Is it in Alaska? Is it I in think Greenland? it's its own country. It's its own country. Oh. I think that's Santa's own country, even though I don't care where it is. So like the Vatican kind of. It's like the Vatican or right, Washington, D.C. Right, his own D. sovereign. He's yeah. his own sovereign. He's okay. his own sovereign, like like the Indian nations are within the United States. Okay. I think there's also an issue of gift tax and estate planning. What about all the, you Just, know, Santa's giving away a lot of free stuff that there's only so much he can give away per year according to the gift, gift tax rules. Per person, though. That's true. That is, that well, is true. Yeah. What happens if someone gets a new Ferrari for Christmas? Then that's a little higher. Then congratulations to them. Yeah. <laughs> that's what. Uh, Cal, by the way, on your on your country issue, according to LiveScience.com, the North Pole actually doesn't belong to any country. It yep. sits in international waters. Because remember, the South oh, Pole, the South Pole actually sits on a landmass. The North Pole is just ice over water. So you know you're there, and it's, it doesn't matter. It's Santa's so it's, realm. So it's international waters. Bo- That's where he is. <laughs> so it's like a giant saltwater cocktail, so to speak. Exactly. <laughs> is it a free trade zone? I don't know. I think the abominable snowman is one that protects it. <laughs> That's all I know. I saw that once. I, on, uh, that's scary. got a tooth problem. Is this the ver- yeah, I was going to say, is this the version of the abominable snowman that has teeth or not? This is the one that has teeth taken out. Yes, yes, that's why I, that's why I was asking. Yes. Um, so I think there's, there's a lot of issues here with Santa. Now let's talk about the Grinch. The Grinch has some real serious issues here, especially the prosecutor, Todd Cunin, yeah. former prosecutor and the criminal lawyer. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things. The first thing starts out, and... You know, this has been brought up by many people is conspiracy to commit a crime. Well, that, that is true. And and the conspiracy to commit a crime and arguably, I mean, you might make the argument that it's a hate crime because I don't know what I don't know what race the Whovilles, the Who's are who live in Whoville. True. But it seems to be his animosity toward the entire people, the, the well, entire it could be religious. too. And, and, and so because of that, I mean. The Grinch has a major crime here, and it appears to be a hate crime because it's against an entire nation. That's true, the or, nation of Whoville. That's right. What about uh, animal cruelty to Max, you know, the dog that has to drag the big, what, sleigh with all the stuff? You know, and he, and he, and he makes him put the, and he ties the... Uh, ties the horn on the his head. The horn on his head? Yeah. I think there's animal cruelty there. Look, at, at, a, at a minimum, at a minimum, if, you, if you're talking about sentencing, the Grinch is going to 
absolutely needs some form of anger management program he's going to have to participate in. Whether he does that in custody or out of custody or in an inpatient treatment facility, he definitely has to address his anger issues. And he may even have to register on the child abuse index, depending, Mm -hmm. you know, on on which state is going to go after him. Isn't it Wendy, the one that he was... No, Cindy Lou. Cindy Lou. Cindy Lou who? He, like wrapped her up into, you know, like a package, and then he left her. So, I mean, that's false imprisonment. That's child abuse. Yeah. That's well, now, now it was neglect, my, endangerment. It, it was my understanding, and again, we're, it's, you have different versions about the prosecution, the defense they put on about the Grinch story. I'm going on the one that was not direct video, but an animated recreation of the event. And uh, in that one, it was my understanding that he just placed her back into bed. He didn't wrap her up or anything and, and put her to sleep lied to her, said he was Santa, but he'd put her back. Now, if I'm his attorney, I argue that that's mitigating because I could, if I was that bad, I could have done a lot worse. But when the child saw me, I had compassion and I put her back to bed. I continue with the criminal enterprise, but I put her back to bed. So I'm not as evil as everyone puts me out to be. And Todd would argue in court that he's even written a new theme song. You're a kind one now, Mr. Grinch. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> right? Your Honor, here's the new song. Oh, I'm sure someone will sue and say that they they had that first. Well, yeah, it would be copyright infringement, and I'm certain that that whatever happened, both sales of both versions of the song would go up. So don't forget, he does the mayor of Whoville, he shaves his head, right? Doesn't he go and shave the head of... Now, that's in the Jim Carrey version. There's different versions. There's the cartoon version and Jim Carrey version, but... But uh, he shaves the head. That's that's an assault and battery. Yes. And, and I think there's issues. Doesn't he go into the post office also? And he goes in there, and then he's obstructing mail and any trespassing sort of, on federal property? Any sort of crime on federal property is going to be a federal crime. And so, so then there's going to be an issue about jurisdiction. And, and the thing here is... Jim Carrey is going to be subject to... Jim Carrey? Or not Jim Carrey, but the Grinch is going to be subject to prosecution by both the state and the federal government for arguably the same thing, unless Whoville is somehow in the state of New York. I think our government needs to get involved in this and hold hearings. The Democrats and the Republicans. Well, that's good. Because they've got nut, they're good at holding hearings to find something. Let's fi- let's see if they can acquit. And you know um, what? Can we get Avenatti to be someone's lawyer? I, I'm sure. Well, <laughs> only for 25 million in advance. <laughs> he needs the money. But Avenatti, and then we can get who on the other side? Who be the and other lawyer? And that's a deal. Oh well, yeah, he'd do uh, who, yeah. Who would who would be prosecuting? Yeah. So Avenatti would be the defense. Defense, but who's the prosecutor? Okay, the prosecutor. Well, Mueller. I, should we just get Mueller we again? Get, we can get Mueller to prosecute. He doesn't have anything going on right I, now. I, I think he could do that failure to register as a foreign gift giver that's true i too. think that they could go i think we got that. domestic terrorism here from the grinch I, you know i hadn't thought of that but you are right there could be some of those issues but i i want to just get the dream team to handle this case and i think it should cost us billions of dollars to deal with this to find out really and prosecute the grinch and santa that I, well, I know. think Santa has a cause of action against the Grinch, because didn't the Grinch steal Santa's identity? Well, they could, although the Grinch is going to say that Santa was violating the Sherman Antitrust Act. So you've got to give people a choice. All right, stay with us. We're going to be back. We're going to talk more about Christmas lawsuits. Stay tuned. You're listening to Radio Law Talk on RadioLawTalk.com and on your favorite radio station, and we're really glad that you are. Thank you. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. 
Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew calls Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-263-2610. 800-263-2610. That's 800-263-2610. If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In, ready to grow with you. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. I've got to get my car washed, this dirt, it just won't do. But I don't have no time today, I don't know what I do. Man, I know this place right down the road. Quick, quack, car wash. Hop inside, let's take a ride and watch this cat and shine. Just come and see, I guarantee your ride will steal the show. Come on, quick, quack, car wash. Don't drive that dirty car. Quick, quack, car wash. They'll have you looking sharp. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. Even in the hustle and noise of this modern world, we feel the pull of the forest to walk under the canopy and feel transformed. National forests are essential to life, majestic and grand. They clean our air, supply drinking water to millions, and provide homes to countless wildlife. They fuel our imaginations, inspiring us to think big, and now's the time to do just that. Fires and natural disasters devastate our forests each year. That's why we're replanting millions of new trees across the country. The Arbor Day Foundation needs your help. We've heard the call of the wild and we've answered. Scientists, foresters, volunteers, and members, together we can preserve and protect our heritage and legacy. We must act now so that the generations of today and tomorrow can continue to depend on our forests. 
Visit arborday.org. See how you can help. If you pay my fee, I'll take your case. Time to get back to Radio Law Talk on RadioLawTalk.com and on your favorite radio station. Yeah, during Christmas time, there's always the same or similar lawsuits. It doesn't happen right at Christmas time. Sometimes it's before. It's about holiday displays, correct? It's because you know the sure. most one of the most important things our country was founded on was the freedom of religion. In fact, you know, back before the country was founded, that was the issue back in England is the Church of England, you had to be a member of the Church of England, basically, um, and they wanted to uh, be able to have their own religion, whatever they felt or deemed necessary according to their beliefs. And that's what the First Amendment's all about, and that is the separation clause, right? That's the, you know, the issue is, is well, the establishment clause that says you don't want to f- violate church and state. you got to separate church and state. So how does that work when it comes to nativity scenes? Because that has always been... Uh, you know, a thing that has gone back and forth and back and forth. So 855-LAW-RADIO if you want to call us, or the actual number is? 855-529-7234. Or you can tweet us at Radio Law Talk. Or if you have questions or want to email us, always email us at info at radiolawtalk.com, and we can try to answer your questions. Remember, we do not give legal advice. Seek local counsel. This is not a place to uh, learn all the laws that you've always wanted to learn. Uh, but here's here's a couple of things that uh, I will note. There's two main cases uh, in the Supreme Court rulings about nativity scenes. There's the Lynch v. Donley case, 1984, as that one came down. And then following that is the Allegheny v. ACLU case in 1989. And I'm not going to go in detail on these just so we can set a foundation. The Lynch case uh, basically okayed nativities, the Supreme Court held, it's okay to have a nativity so long it's more or with a secular display. So it's still kind of vague in the way the Supreme Court put it. So you can't just like have pure nativity and then say, you know, uh, glory to God and Jesus. You can't do that in a public place. You can do it on your own place, on your own house or own private place. And that place. means like government property Government and properties and yeah. stuff. But it has to be – you can do it only if it's tied in with some secular thing. So you could put a Santa Claus and reindeers with it or you know, a Hanukkah sign or something with it. But, but it can't just be the nativity. And again, I'm being very broad in general. Those of you who are like saying, well, you know, getting in details. I'm just trying to be broad in general here. That's generally what you have to do. In fact, uh, recently as of 2019, this comes, comes – uh, comes forth all the time because a, a judge in Indiana had to had to rule on details of the distances between the figurines representing Santa <laughs> and the baby Jesus. So they got to, it gets to the point. Okay, how far away was the Jesus from the Santa? This is like the divorce court where there's portioning out yeah. the the, yeah. the beanie babies. It's like equity at its finest, right? It yeah. has to be equal. But you know, I I raise this question. Okay, we go back. This is what the First Amendment says, quote, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. So my question is, honestly, is establishing, is putting up a a nativity scene on public property the establishment of a law? I don't see that as being the establishment of the law or making a law. 
Furthermore, I don't see that putting a nativity scene on a public place prohibits anyone else from exercising the religion of their choice. I, I just don't see but the why implication can't they there. Put, um, if they put the nativity scene, why can't they put their religious, let's say, scene, whatever that is, at the same spot in the same place? Maybe they should be allowed to. Let them, let them apply for a permit. Well, okay. I think it has to do with Congress, you know, funding different things. And so if it's funding the property and it has this kind of a, a display on there, is it funded by Congress? And well, that you, could be how they're looking at the establishment of a law. Well, you follow up with the 1989 cases, the Allegheny versus ACLU. That was where in the Allegheny courthouse – they had a nativity display in 1989, and that was where the lawsuit came about. And basically, the Supreme Court held, no, you can't do that, because mainly it said Gloria in excelsis Deo, which is glory in God, right? Glory yes. to God on high. Yeah, right, glory right. to God on high. Because it said that, and it displayed you know, uh, the nativity, they said that cannot be, and they had to take that down because it stood alone was the problem. Now, if they had Santa's in there and a bunch of other stuff intermingled, so I think Jesus was Santa overlooking him in the manger and the reindeer Rudolph sitting there uh, um, and Mary petting it would probably pass. I, I guess my other question is, I, I understand this, I, I understand what the Constitution says, is the holiday, because every governmental institution that I know of is is open or is closed on the 25th of December. And of all of the holidays throughout the year, that's the only one that I can think of that's a religious holiday or a holiday that's religiously based. It's Christmas. There's a reason why it's to celebrate the birth. And so we have a federal holiday recognizing a, or a federal entity recognizing a religious holiday. True. Nobody seems to have raised an issue about that because they all like the day well, off. they want the day off. They're so, not stupid. I've right? actually, that's a good point. I've never thought of that, Todd, that you're right. The government does. It's like the Miracle on 34th Street argument. It's the If the post office recognizes Santa Claus, well, he must be real. If the government recognizes this holiday, it must be yeah. real. Huh? But see, but Santa Claus is secular and the nativity is religious. It, it is. That's it why is. They say they can recognize Santa Claus. I don't know, Saint <laughs> Nicholas. <laughs> but but it's not called it's not called Santamus. It's called Christmas. <laughs> right, right. So. Well, guess what? Guess what's going on in Hong Kong? Hong Kong, the shopping malls there have decided to uh, they are not doing any Christmas decorations this year. And why? The 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 they're they're fearing the pro democracy protesters are going to tear them up. And so uh, that ha that's happening in Hong Kong. Uh, and, and and they've actually blocked the streets in front of these places to protect them. Yeah. And now um, people can't shop. Yeah. Well, that well that's in Parker County. Um, no, not not in Parker County, but in uh, St. Charles, Missouri, is where the city erected barriers to. Yeah. Uh, that that that's what you're talking. Is that the one you're talking about? Well, I thought both of them had, but they that's, might have. They might mm -hmm. have. But that but in in St. Charles, Missouri, they blocked uh, the, uh, the 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 businesses due to the fact they had to take away a bunch of parking because there's worried about people walking out on the street and getting hit. So there, that's a lawsuit that occurred during Christmas time. Well, sure. And sure enough, they, uh, the, the, the city, what the, the businesses won, and they had to take right. the, down the barriers. The Never businesses... mind that the mall paid the city to put up. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, the true. businesses <laughs> right. could actually show the decline in sales sure. after the barriers were put up. Of course you could, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. And, and people that, would have to, well, you know, park way away and then walk in. Which is interesting about the psychology of downtowns versus malls. Mall operators used to say, it doesn't matter if you have a downtown business and you park your car within a block of the store you're going to. In the mall, psychology, if people park in the parking lot and they can see the store they're going to, no matter if it's four times farther away than it would be on a city block, they are willing to do that and walk there and think it's a closer deal than if they have to walk down a block to a store they can't see. Isn't that interesting? Just amazing. But, you know, it's, a lot of times people complain about the the holiday crush and the crowds everywhere. Well, well, here's a story. Here's a story about somebody that actually benefited by the crowd at the post office. Now, this happened in Missouri. And this woman, Julie Mae Kirk, she had a criminal conviction on her record for child endangerment and uh, a drug possession case. And she's off probation. Everything's done. She's trying to get her record cleaned up. She had filed with the post office to send in all the paperwork, but the lower court denied her request because they said it was filed too late. Well, the appellate court in Missouri revived it and used a very interesting argument in granting her her requested relief by saying December is usually the busiest time of the holidays, and so we are going to chalk up the fact that she missed the deadline to the fact that the post office was inundated with mail and didn't get to processing her particular parcel in time, and she got the relief. She benefited from the holiday crush. Very cool. Well, isn't that kind of like a a version of once you stick something in the post uh, bin or leave it with the post office, it's deemed to have been served, if you will, or delivered? It is. If you can prove when you put it in the post box, regardless of the the date stamp, it is deemed served. Yeah, because sometimes they don't they don't get to them every yeah. single time. All right, join us second hour. I'm Fred Penny, your host, with Todd and Denise and Cal Hunter. We'll be back. Stay right here. There's much more Radio Law Talk coming right up on RadioLawTalk.com, of course, and on your favorite radio station. So you stay there. We promise we'll be right back. You have been listening to RadioLawTalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated. Jordan, and he's a healthy guy. He's a dad of six, and he works as a guide in Alaska. But then he goes to the doctor, and he's diagnosed with cancer, stage four. And here's the thing. He had switched from medical insurance to MediShare, which is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry. So the question for Jordan and his wife, Jenny, was, is this really going to work? Our medical bills exceeded $160,000. MediShare members shared all our bills. And it was about more than just the money, too. This is a real community. MediShare is, is a family, a group of people that 
stick with you through the hardest times of your life. I just don't know how I could have done it without MediShare. It's so worth looking into. There's a reason this is growing so fast. If you want to find out more, here's a number for you. 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE.